Welcome to episode 15 in the database with Nana. I'm your host, Nana, of course. And today's episode, which I really thought would be recording with a season wrap-up and a finals preview, but Derek White had other plans. Let's get started. Let's get into that game six. The game was pretty much a doll fest. I mean, for the most part, it was really boring. I was dozing off. I was going in and out. I was like, ah, man, this series, I'm over it. I, I just need to move on. Something has got to give. And then the fourth quarter, around four-minute mark, the Heat actually realized they're in a playoff closeout game. And they were at home, and things just changed. Everything became completely different. Jimmy Butler stopped trolling and started to actually act like Jimmy Butler. We fell in love with this entire playoffs. Of course, Jason Tatum was having a subpar playoff performance. He seems to, like, pick and choose when to show up like a role player. He's knocking on that door of superstardom. I mean, I'm really rooting for Jason Tatum, but we do this every year. Like, he knocks on that door, and then every other game, is something happens. But unfortunately for him, season is still on the hopes, and a big game seven is still, still coming or possible for him, and especially because he's going to be home now. But let's talk about those last four minutes and what really transpired in this game six. First of all, the Heat and the Celtics were both taking turns to see who were bigger choke jobs in those last four minutes. You, the Celtics, are up by 10 points in a must-win game, and you're trolling. You end up making terrible shots, taking terrible shots. You end up not playing team basketball. You get to this random offense, and then you start fouling And Jimmy Butler gets into that zone where all of a sudden it's like, boom, I'm taking off. I I smell blood. I got it. And he almost pulled it off. And he should have pulled it off. And as time went by towards the end of that fourth quarter, once again, Jason Tatum was nowhere to be found. And that's unfortunate. And then because you're trying to. Roof of this guy, club superstar. Is he a superstar? Is he not a superstar? Is he still 19? I, I don't know. You got to debate with yourself. But what's interesting to me in Miami, um, Eric Spolster, I give a lot of shout out to as one of the better coaches, if not the best coach in the league, doing so much with so little talent around around him. But in that huddle, there, there, there should have been one, just simply one, important message given and I'm sure it probably was given and this is going to be a lot on Bam because he 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 was just terrible today terrible but the key to this game is yeah don't let him get a decent shot off and don't let it be Jason Tatum and that's everybody else is fine which should have been fine but the number two thing that they should have discussed in that huddle and I believe they did is box out you cannot with the season on the line let Derek White get an offensive rebound and tip it in. 
And then if you lose in game seven, you got to look at this game six and say, no way. No way. I mean, if you win game seven, we're not going to even talk about this game six. But if you lose that game seven through the Miami Heat, nobody's really going to be talking about game seven. It's going to all be about game six. It's going to be about fundamentals. You couldn't do the bare minimum, the basics to close out a game. And that's just going to reflect on you as a team. And you as a player and Bam, like, come on. That's a huge mishap to allow that situation. And and the craziest part is if Derek White, if there's like more time on the clock, perhaps, like hypothetically, if Derek White didn't get that offensive rebound, the second closest player to that offensive rebound was Jason Tatum. Shame on you, Miami. Really? What are you even doing? Because one guy is inbounding the ball for the for the Celtics. So they're not even near. The other guy is shooting a three. So that's two out of the five players behind the three-point line. How could you not box out? And it's not like there was like 10 seconds. Left. It was three seconds. Left. You let two shots go up per team in under three seconds. That's something that's really going to haunt you down. And big shout out to the Celtics coach because he's responded. He's responded in three straight games after after saying, you know, I mean, it could have been quoted better. He could have said it better that I visited dying patients and it gave me motivations to win three more games. I mean, that 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 threw me for a loop, but I get where his where his heart was at. You know, he was talking about the simple things in life and appreciating it. And he he has come back and responded. But the real winners of this series is really Denver. Because while they've been chilling, taking a whole vacation, June 1st, the final starts. <laughs> and we are in May 27th right now. Moving on to May 28th. And then you'll have game seven in May 29th. So giving yourself basically a day break before you have to go into the NBA finals while the Denver Nuggets have been resting for 10 days, 10 days before this final. At this point, they're like, we don't know who we're going to play. We don't know who we're going to play. And I don't, even, I don't think they care to even prepare for anybody because I think regardless, they win those series. And we'll get into a finals preview in a different um, pod. But if you're Denver, you got to be happy right now. Your fr- whoever you're getting is mentally and physically exhausted into this NBA finals. And the only thing, the only thing that's probably going to help you as a team, um, if I'm, if I'm talking about, if you're the Celtics or the Heats, is that you, maybe you're still fresh and you have this energy or adrenaline running. But other than that, I, I see this being, this series going to, if you're Miami, he's letting this series go to seven. It's just already a, a, a crime. And if you're the, if you're the Celtics going down, oh, and three was already a crime. So both ways, you're like, both teams are insane. And you, the Nuggets right now, have rested after you swept the Lakers. How about I just take a moment of silence for that? Thank you so much for that. I do not have to watch the Los Angeles Lakers play and twerk for fouls. I do not have to watch the league try to do whatever they can to get this team going. I don't I don't have to hear stuff like Darwin Ham saying, oh, we don't teach foul." I mean, flopping, we don't do that. And we've seen LeBron put up generational flopping in, in game four, throwing himself in the audience and stuff. The excuse mill started happening. Oh, James is um hurt. 
he's gonna have surgery oh my god he's retiring the amount of crap that came out of it and i understand why mike malone is so angry i get it because even after sweeping them every conversation was about the lakers what they didn't do what they have to do what they're moving on and i really do want to get into this on a different pod because it's super important i want to highlight this but the nba has done a terrible job marketing their other teams outside of big market they have done it. I don't even know how to. They've just mishandled it so bad. You know, and I wish the NFL, the NFL, they took a page out of the NFL's book because the NFL has allowed every team in every market to thrive no matter what. Like, we're not turning the TV off because said team is from Los Angeles or said team is from New York. As big of a market the Jets are, the Giants are, they don't get primetime opportunities over teams are actually good. I'm going to see KC, it's Kansas City Chiefs, not prime TV. Because what happens is you earn that spot. You earn the, and NFL even flexes game out. They realize, hey, you were good the first six weeks and we put you on this um, Sunday night football, but we realize you're kind of ass right now and then nobody want to see you play. They're not going to keep you there because you're just from a New York or you're from Florida. They shift you, and they flex a new team in, whoever it is the market. And, and that's why I respect the NFL and that product because the NFL product, the NBA's product is cooked. It's absolutely cooked in every aspect of the game, from, from the referees, from the coaching, from the draft lotteries, from the tanking, from every part of it. It's, it, it is fully rigged in every single way you want to look at it, whether you're calling this a troll job and I like trolling aside. You know, the foul baiting, the players that go into offseason practicing how to foul bait, not how to play basketball, not how to perfect their craft, but how to literally grift for fouls. You don't see a problem with that. And because you have referees rewarding this, why not? You as a coach, why would you not tell your your, your teammates, to, your, your players to not do this? You got referees with burner accounts you got referees in their feelings you got referees kicking players out because they looked at them the wrong way but then they let other players bark at them and spit on their faces and call them all types nothing is consistent in this league and which is why with this Nuggets Lakers series uh, shout out to Mike Malone I think I fell in love with him the most in this series because he's talked in his chest he said they're in Cancun they've gone fishing don't ask me about them true don't ask me about no damn Lakers they got other things to worry about and they've played a perfect series and every time like this, the games are not blowout. Okay. Let's let everybody know they just over, they just did what they had to do to win each game in that fourth quarter. They executed. They executed better than anything the Lakers could even think about. The Lakers just choked all four games. Even when they had a lead. The Nuggets responded again over and over and over again. I do believe that Jamal Murray should have been. The Magic Johnson um, Western Conference um, um, MVP. But I think the league is just trying to make up for what happened in the NBA Finals to Steph Curry. That they, no matter what you do, the star player of that team, the best player of that team, that won, if he had good numbers and played well, will get that MVP. And this is what they call the overcompensating award. 
because Murray should have gone. If you're averaging over 30 on, on 50, 40, 90, there's no reason for you not to get it. You should get it. And and, and Jamal Murray single-handedly won them two of those games. Two of those games. He just physically won them the game by himself. With or And by that, I mean, like, in game three, showing up in that first half, scoring 30 after Jokic was in foul trouble. Without that, the Lakers win that game, especially on the road. And then you have that fourth quarter performance in game two. You got to give a 10. And, he, and he, he's been excellent throughout the series. So that's my one-two piece on Jamal Murray and that seat. But shout out to the Nuggets and what a season they've had. Everybody keeps calling them frauds when they were the first seed. They're like, oh, they're the fakest first seed team in the NBA. They literally are just up there. Nobody's scared of the Nuggets. They, nobody is like, you, you hear all these things. And then now media, they've won. They swept him. They've, they've beaten KD and Devin Booker. They've beaten Anthony Edwards. And you know, granted, it's the Timberwolves, but they they – they, they put up a fight. But back to this Nuggets-Lakers series and the Lakers summer. What is next for them, really? Do they blow up the team and get Kyrie Irving, which I believe is probably the dumbest idea because now you're relying on the, the best ability in the NBA is availability. Your three stars in the last three years have not been available. So – it, that means if you get Kyrie Irving, this is me insinuating getting Kyrie Irving. You would have a 39-year-old LeBron James, AD made out of glass, and Kyrie Irving made out of problems. Okay, he'll find one. Every year when we say he won't, there's a new one. Okay, he'll do something. Okay, unprovoked too. Like he'll do any something, and he won't be available for a period of time. In fact, I think Anthony Davis has played more games in these last three years than Kyrie Irving. And that's just to put into perspective how much Kyrie Irving has not played basketball or been on the court or has so much drama in the locker room, outside the locker room. Things get to Kyrie a lot. And he's one of my favorite players to watch. He's actually my second favorite player outside of Steph Curry. And I'm, But I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. If you're the Mavericks, he's your best piece to keep around Luka because Luka could keep the team flowing flowing enough to the playoffs. But the Lakers, they need somebody, which is why I believe they should keep D'Angelo Russell. And I'm not trolling, guys. I swear to God, I'm not. I get D'Angelo Russell is not a 16-game player. Let me put this in perspective. He's not going to get you playoff buckets. He will be loading, buffering, unavailable, uninterested in the playoffs. I'll give you that much. So then why are you? You're probably wondering, why am I telling the Lakers to go get D'Lo if I believe it? Because you, what D'Lo will give you is 28 to 30, I mean, 25 to 30 points a game in the regular season if LeBron James and AD are not available to go. Do you understand what I mean? He'll keep you afloat. He is an 82-game player. He's he's not a 16-game player. But you don't really necessarily need him. You need other, you need a couple of other pieces in the, in the, this offseason with D'Lo, come back with the same team you have. Don't blow it up. Don't make the same mistake twice you did with Russell Westbrook when you try to get a third start for AD and LeBron James. Because then you get rid of your whole depth. Because, yeah, Rui is a restricted free agent. Austin Reeves is a restricted free agent. And 
if you if other teams match those offers, I think they'll every team will give them the max that they can give them. And Lakers have to match these offers. You can't get Kyrie unless Kyrie gives you like a seventeen million dollar discount because Kyrie is going for forty some mil. You get Kyrie for around thirty thirty mil, which I believe would be a hefty cost price. And even then, you can you're probably not keeping your debt. You're not. So the Lakers have a lot to think about, but I think their best route is learn from your mistakes. Don't repeat it. Don't go around doing dumb stuff like this. Because you have to ask yourself, if I'm giving up Austin Reeves, Reeves, and I'm giving up Rui, I'm giving up my depth, am I guaranteeing a playoff spot and availability from Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Kyrie Irving throughout the entire season? And even if I do, will they be healthy enough in the playoffs? Am I throwing away my future for that? And the answer is no. It's not. And that's why I say you keep D'Lo and you get some other pieces to go to complement you in that in that bench role and move on. Get you a, like a KCP kind of player. Put him on the run. I mean, there's a lot of things moving around this offseason. Maybe teams will come there and play with you. Because they look more respectable. It's a big market. You're you're getting all these availabilities, and that's what I would and I would do. Try to re-sign all these guys you have. Like bring back Bando. Bring back. I mean, I think Beasley's still under contract. Um, do um bring back Rui and bring back Revis, and you're good to go. Maybe even take Draymond Green off of our hands if you like, but I don't think I don't think he'll 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 leave. But we'll gladly give you him. You you can have him. Because I don't, because Draymond's not giving up thirty million dollars to to be next to his 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 lord and savior, but that's a different story for another day. And to me, that that's just how I feel for the Lakers summer. They've got a lot of decisions to make. So do the Golden State Warriors. So do a lot of teams that got limited. In fact, this might be the most intriguing summer since the KD was that was that twenty sixteen. 2016 summer this might be the most intriguing free agency since then because a lot has to happen if if boston fails this summer they got to break that team apart jalen brown becomes open market for everybody if miami fails they got to get a second star there we already know philly failed and docks out of the window but there's there's no way harden or Embiid stay together so like i'm saying this in my point there's a lot of moving parts so hold your horses, everybody. Stay back. Let this ride happen. We'll be back here when when the finals is ready to do a preview. And we also will talk about NBA Twitter as well as NBA products. This is Nana, episode 15, signing out. Thank you so much. Have a lovely weekend, everybody.